Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book One The Pirate's Plunder by E.M. Clark. Read by Lexi. Chapter One Pirates. Perched high in a palm tree on the edge of a southern sea, something moved. A glittering of green shone through the camouflage of the palm leaves. It was a parrot. But not just any parrot. Anna was a magical parrot of flambeau. And she was listening. The lazy tropical heat lay over everything like a thick blanket, seeping through the cracks of the slimy tombstone the ramshackle tavern which Anna was spying on. She could hear a low murmuring of rough voices from inside. Suddenly, a roar rent the air. Might is right, we care for none. Pay us if you want us gone. Rise up, pirates, hear the call. Plunder, plunder, plunder all! Ha <laughs> Anna jumped, feathers flashing. She swooped down to the windowsill and carefully peeped over the edge. A terrifying sight met her eyes. Men in dirty clothes, with wild beards and scarred faces, slammed down heavy metal tankards, bawling, Rise up, pirates! A tall figure in a long cloak had risen, holding its arms out for silence. Bat-like, the folds of material extended, so the figure seemed to grow larger and more intimidating. Us pirates are agreed, then. The voice came from under the cloak, low and menacing. We have a deal. So what's our next step, Vinicius? Asked one of the motley crew, who clutched a nasty-looking club. Well, Humberto. The bat-like figure paused, thoughtful. I think it's time for me to visit a certain Mr Sergio Hewitt. I'm sure he'll be very cooperative. At this, the pirates erupted again, whooping and yelling their delight, but Anna was gone. She had heard enough. Up, up, into the cloudless sky she flew, an emerald bolt shooting across the city of Sandopolis. A spy heading back to report to her mistress. Zelie Sinclair was lying a short distance away on a sun-baked roof terrace with her twin brother Zav and their best friend Milo. Anna's back, cried Zav. Zelie sat up quickly, green eyes flashing and auburn curls falling untidily around a face shining with excitement. Anna, she cried as the birds swooped down to land. What's your news? Mistress, gasped Anna as she landed on Zelie's shoulder. Pirates! "'Pirates?' repeated Milo breathlessly, his eyes widening. "'Yes, pirates!' chirped the parrot. "'In league with the Hewitts!' "'I knew it!' cried Zav. "'I never trusted those sneaky neighbours of ours. "'Pa says that recently the pirates have been even more active than usual,' Milo added. "'Milo's father was a sea captain, so he knew all the latest pirate updates.' "'The children looked at each other. "'Well, if Captain Jet... And Anna think the pirates are plotting something, then I believe it, said Zelly. I hereby call a meeting of the super sleuths. The children sat together in a circle. Elementary, announced Zelly. My dear Watson, 
chorused Milo and Zav. Correct. If Sherlock Holmes could solve mysteries way back then, I know we can. Well, I'm only ten, so I might not be quite so useful, said Milo cautiously. Rubbish, cried Zav. You're only a year younger than us, and you've got the sharpest ears of anyone in Sandopolis. Milo turned rather pink at this. Zelly continued. And we've got Anna, who's our secret weapon. Sherlock Holmes didn't have a talking spy parrot, did he? She demanded. Anna then chirped up, in true spy parrot fashion. Vinicius, pirate leader, coming to see Sergio Hewitt. Vinicius, replied Milo, shocked. Pa's told me about him. He's not just any pirate. He's really dangerous. He's the leader of the Black Cross gang. And if he's coming to see Sergio Hewitt next door, began Zav, we're in a perfect spying position, finished Zelly. Places everyone! The children's roof terrace overlooked the courtyard and was encircled by balustrades to prevent anyone from falling off. The gaps between these posts were curtained by pink flowers which grew everywhere. Suddenly Milo's face grew clouded and he stiffened. Listen, he whispered. What? hissed the twins, straining to pick up the sound only Milo could hear. I I'm, I'm not sure, replied Milo, his eyes squeezed shut in concentration. But it sounds like a long cloak, swishing. Vinicius, chirruped Anna, and she flew up to perch on the bamboo shelter to have a better look. The children looked at each other. There were rumours floating around Sandopolis about this particular pirate. Nasty rumours, and always the whisper of a long cloak, like a vampire bat. He's about to come into the courtyard, Milo whispered. Vile Vinicius, breathed Zelly with relish. She liked to give baddies nicknames. I wonder why he always wears that horrid cloak. He must be boiling. Shh, hushed Zav. Keep watching and don't move. As the children peeked through the veil of flowers, dusk was approaching, and with it, a shadowy figure slunk through the courtyard's entrance. His silhouette cast a dark presence as he advanced, panther-like, through the dusk. Every step oozed confidence, and always the swish, swish of fabric. As it moved, the cloaked shape radiated an aura of malevolence, an evil which you could smell, touch, taste, and which made the children shrink back in fear. Then they froze. Vile Vinicius had stopped dead in the middle of the courtyard. He seemed to feel rather than see that he was not alone, and he paused, nose lifted slightly, almost as if he could sniff the children out. Zelizav and Milo held their breath as a ghostly silence fell. And then the spell was broken. Vinicius moved on until he was out of sight, the sinister swish, swish of his cloak echoing. The children's eyes were wide. They had stumbled on a bit more sleuthing than they'd bargained for. Zav gestured to the others to follow him, and they crept slowly down the ancient metal staircase that led from the roof testing each step before laying careful feet on them to avoid any giveaway creaks. Zav led them down a level to a balcony 
which was much closer to the street below and to the doorways of the houses. The front porch of the Hewitt's house was now below them, and although they could neither see nor be seen, they could hear perfectly. The low growl of a man's voice reached their ears. Hewitt, we meet again. Vinicius, answered a wary voice, mistrust evident in every syllable he uttered. It's all agreed on my side, the rough voice of the pirate rasped through the air. Now it's your turn to keep your side of the deal. Is everything in hand for stealing the shipment? Yes, came the abrupt reply, although morally this is shaky ground, even for pirates. The voice lowered to a whisper, so the sleuth strained to hear. Look, everyone knows Professor Sinclair is motivated by the good of mankind. There'll be a real stink when the key element of his new invention is stolen. Irrelevant! Vinicius's snarl cut through Hewitt's concerns. I answer to a much higher authority than Professor Sinclair. Prince Igor wants that shipment. Who are you to question the ruler of Frenchtown, the stronghold of the North? You're one of us now, Vinicius hissed. And there's no escaping the Black Cross gang. And with that threat hanging heavy in the warm evening air, he turned, the swish, swish of his cloak cutting through the night. The children lay on the balcony above, paralysed with shock. Professor Sinclair was the twins' father. He was an inventor, and it sounded horribly like there was a plot afoot to steal an important part of his latest top-secret invention. Before they could move, Anna fluttered over and perched on Zelie's shoulder. Stay still, she whispered, and Zelie put a hand on Milo and Zav, shaking her head. It was a good job Anna had warned them, because Vinicius had not gone. He was standing, silently, watching, listening, camouflaged in the growing darkness of the courtyard, waiting to see if his conversation with Sergio Hewitt had been overheard. Anna swooped around him, trilling loudly and generally irritating the pirate so much that he shot a vicious punch at her. Anna neatly avoided him and retorted with a haughty, Pieces of it! Valvinicia stared at the bird. Pretty Polly, Anna continued blithely, preening her feathers as if she really was just a normal parrot out for a wing stretch before bed. Vinicius's eyes narrowed. I don't trust parrots, he hissed, especially parrots who can talk. I'll remember you, he added, a nasty grin slashing his pockmarked face. Oh yes, pretty Polly. I'll remember you. And with a last, sneering glance at the dancing bird, he strode away with a swish, swish of his cloak. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more adventures in Chapter 2, A Little Bit of Magic. Want to read along? Super Sleuth's Book 1, The Pirate's Plunder, is available now on Kindle. Enjoyed today's chapter? Why not rate our podcast? See you next time. <laughs>